Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for this time where we can uh, receive from your word, Lord, receive from Amy and what she has to share, Lord, that you are here, uh, Holy Spirit, to equip us, Lord, that we might go from this place and, uh, and see your kingdom come and your will be done to be equipped to, to walk in your ways, Jesus. So we just pray, Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear. Uh, what you have to speak to us this morning. And we bless Amy, Lord. We just uh, bless the preparation time. We bless her as she shares. We bless the recovery afterwards, Lord. Uh, just let, uh, just thank you for the anointing that is upon her life and upon her words this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Brad. Thanks, Kylie. Thank you, worship team. That was precious. Can you give them a hand? That was very precious. Okay, every Sunday there's another face or three that I haven't met before and I hope to have time to catch up with you afterwards. Um, it's just an honour. Every time our family grows, it's our favourite time. So if we look back over the years, it's always been like, now that's our favourite, now that's our favourite. But I cannot imagine our family with anyone less than the newest people that have come. So it always ends up being even more. Jane, even more now, my family time is my favourite time because you're here. Yeah, it's just precious. So, yeah, it's just wonderful to have you as our family grows. I'm going to be speaking on words of knowledge today. Um, so that might be a new concept to some of us. It might be something that we're comfortable. It might be something that we've heard before, but we would like to know more about. Sort of comes into the category of prophecy in general, um, you know, and the Holy Spirit in general. Uh, the last few weeks we've been focusing on Jesus, who Jesus is, who he is to us, what he encourages us to be. Um, so last week we spoke on Jesus, the God of... Miracles, the God of miracles and the God of healing has been sort of our last couple of weeks. How many of you felt you've picked up some tools last Sunday when it comes to praying for people with healing? Was those, remember the five steps and the interviewing someone and the praying for someone and the checking and we can command something or we can petition? Do you remember some of that? Did you feel a bit empowered through that? Good. Who prayed for someone this week? Excellent. Who heard it and went oh, that's right, our habit can be a little bit to not necessarily intentionally get into those un uncomfortable things, yeah? I didn't pray for someone this week. I didn't notice someone this week, but I didn't go looking. And so I was like, that's me, Lord. I'm coming up here again this Sunday, but how are we going in some of that discipleship stuff, the beat stuff, the eating with people who don't know the Lord yet? Remember, unless we're building things into our timetable intentionally, which means it's... um. I don't know, some of you exercise people, you know when you're like activating a muscle, you've got to do something to activate it, but when we're in our rest state, like when we sleep, I pretty much guarantee no one's anything is activated when they sleep, but you've got to insert some energy and some thought into it to activate things. And the Christian walk is a life of activation. It's not a life of resting into the, yes, it is resting into the finished work of Christ, but unto something. Otherwise, that can be, I've got my ticket to heaven and I'm now going to go to sleep, which can be the bride in general in, globally in some areas of our lives, yeah? It takes energy and it's uncomfortable to stay activated not just at the gym, but in general. It takes energy and it's uncomfortable. But rem let's keep reminding each other. That's why we're getting ourselves into DNA groups so that we remind each other, are you pulling in your core? Are you activating your muscles? And unless someone's checking, oh no, that posture's not correct, are you activating? We can be slipping backwards. So let's keep forwards. Let's stay on the wall. Let's keep advancing. Let's keep bringing the kingdom. We have a call. We have a purpose. 
we're not over yet, all right? So let's keep up. So today's a little bit more of keeping up and keeping on the wall, and we're just continuing to give you artillery. We're continuing to get weaponized here in a good way. We're not attacking your region, uh, Rockingham or Perth. We're going after it with the tools of heaven. And how kind of him that he's chosen to do all of the hardest work for us. It's literally through his power. It's through his blood. It's through his anointing. It's through his supply. It's through his grace. It's through his enabling grace. It's his empowering grace. It's his prophetic unction. It's his healing power. Literally every single thing is provided. It takes from us getting up, grabbing it, wanting to know how it works and moving forward and practicing, which is the risky part. The risky part of faith is we've got to practice for a while. How many of you just know we don't just suddenly mature and know how to do things? So it's okay if you're like, but I don't know how. If I were bought a drone for my 40th, I wouldn't be like, and no, it's not a hint. (laughs) (laughs) and I've got six more months on you, buddy. (laughs) I wouldn't know how to drive it because it got given to me. If someone turned 16 and it's like, have a car because of your age, you'll know how to drive it. It's not a thing. So just know when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to all sorts of things, we've got to take time learning how to drive it. Okay, so just take the expectation off you and go, practicing comes with the things of the Spirit. Practicing comes with evangelism and leading people to know the Lord. And then confidence comes with practice. Not confidence comes and so I'm going to try practicing. So don't go, but I'm not feeling confident yet, so I won't start. The confidence comes when the practicing's been happening and it's working. It took me some years to get my confidence on the road well after I got my P's. In fact, probably after I got my license. Confidence came later. So let's keep practicing so that confidence comes, but get somewhere on the journey. We'll be confident later, yeah? We don't go a 16-year-old or how, I don't know, in Australia. You start at 16, learning how to drive. I don't know what it is because I was older. I arrived here. I was my only teacher in my school on my P's. Oh, my students behind me going, I saw, like, excuse me, and I'm teaching on Shakespeare. I saw you um, stall at the lights. <laughs> confidence comes later (laughs) but let's just practice if a 16 year old goes but the car can sit in the in the driveway till I'm 24 and then I'll know how to do it and then I'll be confident it doesn't work that way let's just get in and start and we do it clunky okay permission to be clunky is that okay so as I explain some more things about what words of knowledge are and how they work get excited go I've just been given a new car today and think of it in that kind of I've been waiting to get my car I've been waiting to know how to walk more in the things of the Spirit. And then go, and I get to do it clunkily in a safe space for a while. And people are going to teach me how to drive because you need someone to teach you, yeah? And that's what our small groups are for. That's what home groups are for. That's what life hubs are for. That's what DNA groups are for. That's what Sundays are for. That's what the prayer gatherings are for. We get to practice in a safe place. It's not a shame culture here. And we don't require perfection or performance. So let's start practicing, okay? So let's not learn these tools today and then leave them here. Let's get excited about new keys. All right, so words of knowledge. So a great person in the Bible is called Paul. He did a lot of equipping on the church. That's what I'm doing today. I'm equipping the church. 
And I love Paul because he did it scared. He even acknowledges that in some of his writing. And I'm doing this scared. And I do things scared around here. You might not pick that up. The time I'm the most scared is announcements, which I was supposed to do today. And I still gave, like, <laughs> please do the announcements, Brad. I do everything nervous. I pray for people nervous. I don't do things because I'm amazing and I've got this down. And that's a very scary place to be. Let's not, never get so competent and confident that we forget that we need to rely on the power of the Lord. So... I love that Paul also did things scared and he just did things going, but this is dependent on the power, not on, on me. And he speaks about various gifts, gifts that all of us has been given. So I'm going to start with 1 Corinthians 12. Um, I'm doing NIV, but not because that's the way we roll. Necessarily. If you have a question while I'm teaching, if you send it to that address on the walls. Um, we'll attempt to answer at the end or during this next week. Okay, so in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7, Paul says, Now, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. I want to stop there. To who is the Spirit given? How many people are, does it say in the Bible? Oh, so just this side of the room? Oh, just the senior leadership. Ah, oh, the prayer gathering leaders. Ah, oh, the people who lead Paradox Kids. Oh, the core team. Ah, oh, the worship team. Go like this to yourself and go to each one. Come on. That means to you is given this. Okay, this is a you word. This is not for the people in the community that are more spiritual. Some of us have got to start getting over using that line and judging ourselves and comparing ourselves. You are spiritual. You are a spirit. You are in a relationship with a spirit. You are spiritual. He made you spiritual. You can do this and you're the right pick. So to each one, you, he gave the manifestation. To manifestation is for something to come in the natural. That's kind of a more abstract concept. So um, it's the Holy Spirit can be sound like, a, like an abstract concept, but if it manifests in the natural, then we can see it. Okay, so things coming into the natural. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for what purpose? So the common good. So why does he give us these gifts? Why do we have words of knowledge? Why is there prophecy? Why is there wisdom? Why is there all of these things? The purpose is for common means everyone. So for the whole room here, that is the reason he's given it. It's for your good. It's not to hurt you like some of the healing and ministries and prophetic ministries have done. It's not to shame you. It's not to expose you. It's not to make you feel less than. It's for your good. These things are for all of our good. And it's the good of Rockingham. It's the good of Mandra. It's the good of Perth. It's the good of the nation. These tools are the good for the common good. So we need to get activated in them, learn how to exercise them because it's for the common good. And that is so much more important than our comfortability. Amen. Common good is a great goal. Then it explains some of them. So it says to one, or maybe this side of the room, is given a spirit of message. And in all the other translations, it says, um, the, 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 oh, sorry, the spirit of message of wisdom. So for some people, they just have this supernatural wisdom that's higher than man's wisdom. That's one of the gifts. And if you feel that's you, you just know that you have supernatural wisdom. Come on, this doesn't define us. Yep, yep, that's it. Okay, well, we, guess what? We're going to have more of you realize it's you soon and own it. 
To another, a message of knowledge. This one in other translations says words of knowledge. So that's the one I'm gonna focus on today. How many of you have sensed that possibly you're someone who gets words of knowledge? Own it, sit in it, doesn't define us, wonderful. Good, to another, faith. For some people, more than the terrible situations and even if everything's in despair, you just are someone who just tips into faith rather than disillusionment and despair. You just have the ability to rise above things. You've got a gift of faith. Who's that? You just know you're someone who can sit in faith. Wonderful. Good. Um, another have gifts of healing. So some people feel like they actually have this ability to pray for someone like we were last week and miracles happen or none have happened yet, but they know it's on their life. They're interested in listening to that content. They want to grow in it more. Who's someone who feels healing? That's it, great, okay. To another, miraculous powers. So all sorts of miracles, not just healing, but miracles. Suddenly there's finances. Suddenly there's a change and the, and the prodigal son comes home. Who feels like when they pray for someone, change happens in a miracle way? I'm gonna get excited because later there's gonna be far more hands with none of this defines us and it's not pride. Unfortunately, you know what's happened more in this country? something called tall poppy syndrome. And that's if you rise up, you get knocked down. It should be like, yippee, that's me. God freely gave me that gift even though I don't deserve it. Even though I was just terrible and I sinned and I, I've just got all these faults in my life, but he chose a little old me. The Bible is full of little old me, gets to have it, be it, choose it. And sometimes in our classrooms, a little old me who starts coming out forward gets cut down. But guess what? Christians, little old me's covered by the blood and dunamis power get to be people who raise their hands and go, that's big old me. It's healthy and good to rise up and go, I'm that. He made me that. The blood made me that. His power made me that. I'm going to not advertise myself. It doesn't define me. My identity isn't that. But I'm going to move forward in it because in his greatness, I can do all things. Yeah? So we can be confident in these things. No shame on having gifts. Um, to others, they're speaking in different kinds of tongues. So you um, are filled with the Holy Spirit in a moment and you speak in tongues and sometimes they're just, sounds like gibberish. And at other times, someone else hears you actually say their mother tongue or a language from another nation. And then there can be other people who have the gift of interpreting it. I was in a service in, 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 in New Zealand and I was a visitor and they still said, we're just gonna hand the mic around and someone gave a word of tongues. And I hadn't had this before, but literally as they said the word of tongue, I heard it in English, word upon word upon word, almost in my right ear. And so no one else put their hand for the interpretation. I'm like, but I did hear it. And I put my hand up and I went for it. And the Lord uses it for the common good. And it's okay, we just practice and we try and I gave it humbly going he even used the word like baby in it when he was speaking to his community <laughs> come my baby and I was like I'm just ah, here's what I heard you know but we just do it humbly okay all these are the work of paradox people who are awesome no one and the same spirit so it's the work of the spirit that takes the pressure off from us Got to be good enough, got to be amazing enough, got to be spiritual enough, got to be something enough. It's the work of him. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And if he determined you're it, Jane, you're the right pick for the gift of tongues. Who are we to go, oh, don't pick me. I'm just little old me. 
that's like getting this beautiful free gift and we go, but I am not worthy. He loves little old me's. Did you see who he picked for his 12 disciples? And one stuffed up that never came paying back, literally. He picks little old me's. You know what he loves? Loaves and fishes. And he comes and he supplies the miracle. And guess what? In this community, you get to have loaves and fishes and that's it. All you have to bring to this family is loaves and fishes. And that's all that's required because he applies his blood and so we're forgiven. And then he applies what's called dunamis power. So when the power comes and we're suddenly enabled to do things like a word of knowledge, that's his dunamis power and it comes all by him. It's off the hook. The pressure's off us. We don't have to be something. It's such a relief. Isn't that amazing? And if we keep retreating, I feel there's a bit of a retreating that can happen in the church, in particular in, a, in this region, that it's probably more common for people to pull back from the wall, to pull back from the fight, to pull back from getting involved, to pull back from praying out loud, to feel back from trying prophecy, to pull back from joining the worship team, to pull back from coming on a Sunday, to pull back from life hubs. It's a pull back thing. And, and some of that can be, I'm just going to define it bravely, self-protection because I'm too afraid to dot, dot, dot. I'm too afraid to lead my neighbor to the Lord because what if they think this of me? What if they never speak to me again? What if they, okay, which means behind that we're going, so I'm afraid of what they'll think of me, which means behind that we're going, so I'm going to self-protect. And the self-protection is, so I will do nothing. Oh, there's someone with a broken leg in the shops. What will they think of me if the healing doesn't happen? So then I won't. I'm going to protect me. So we self-protect how we come across. We self-protect the embarrassment of getting it wrong. We self-protect from the embarrassment of the prayer not happening the way we thought. And so the way that we look after ourselves is to retreat and to not pray, to not do things bravely and publicly. Is that too strong? Another word for self-protection is called selfishness. That's what self-protection is. I need a refuge for myself. My false refuge is going to be I'm going to retreat and stay safe and not put myself out there. I got chopped down in the classroom. I got chopped down by my teacher. I got chopped down by my parents when I got things wrong with my homework. I got chopped down when I tried to stick my neck out. Why would I try and stick my neck out by myself in a shop? So we self-protect so that we're never shamed again and punished for being stupid. And, and so we stop trying. See how the enemy even gets in corporately early. But if there's insecurity inside of us, and then we come to the faith, our insecurity sometimes can win rather than this who we are in Christ thing that's supposed to win. And we go, I'm not gonna stick my neck out. And there's this retreating. And then that leads into the apathy and the sleepiness and the comfortableness because, but the Christian walk's fun. But it's fun if we keep leaping. And if we live brave, literally we're there on a Sunday because we're like, because I need to know how to pray for the, de- de- the demonized person that I, is on my street or this thing that keeps attacking me at night or the, the emotions I keep picking up that I know is on my street or, or the, like we, we're like, I need to keep reading. I need to keep listening. I need to pray. I need to get to the prayer gatherings to learn because we're literally always in hot water in a good way because we're living on the precipice, always dealing with things that are too big for us. Christians are designed to do things too big for us all the time. If we don't live with goals too big for us, 
I'm not sure we're in the, the right place. That's the retreating and I'm comfortable and I'm not, if we're sticking our head out and we're in the fire and we're like, Jesus, unless you come through, this is terrible. That's where we got to live 24-7. Always on the precipice, always uncomfortable, but that means choosing it because we get to live in this country where we're so comfortable that we're not living, unless you come through for me for my meal to come today, I'm going to die. And unless you come through with the petrol, I'm not going to work. And then, well, we're nearly there. Unless you, like we, we're not desperate physically and yet we can be quite malnourished spiritually. But literally, unless we're doing brave things every day and putting ourselves out there and needing him to come through, that's not the fun, Christian, awake, exciting life. And we're a bit bored. I think a lot of men are bored in the church because we have set it up to be quite a feminine environment of family and nurture. Where's the war? which you men are wired for, and we've robbed you of seeing any battlefield anywhere. It's very boring. It must be boring to be a Christian male. I'm just saying. <laughs> because it's very plants and coffees and female. And, and I'm just letting you know, the action's out there. It's out there. And, and there is a real masculine warfare to Christianity, but it, it comes with a heck load of risk. And, and every day, like being on the precipice and not knowing how to do it and faith and leaning in and faith and leaning in and faith and leaning in and fighting for your families and warring up and down the corridor in your home for your kids and for your wife's health and for the job that's not working. And it comes with warring and that gets the fire of the faith going. And it happens up here in the worship, like our men on the flags these last few months. Hasn't you noticed it's mostly men? It's like, they're the warriors. There we go. And yeah. So I'm sorry, we've feminized a lot of this. We've, you, you're literally the leaders and you rock and you're amazing and we need you and there's more warrior to come forward. So get, get into the prayer gathering. <laughs> you're the right pick. You're an amazing amount of strong men in this church. Okay, I, did it. I didn't even do the definition of words of knowledge. Morning tea will come. Okay, so a word of knowledge, what is it? It's a supernatural revelation. So it's not natural. It's a supernatural revelation of information given by who? Okay, so the Holy Spirit gives the information. So just so you know, we don't have to come up with it. Another reason to take the pressure off. It literally is not intuition. It's not like, let me think. What is their problem? There's nothing in you that's required of. The Holy Spirit goes, for 100% free, I'm going to give you this information. So that's a word of knowledge. So it's not picked up through any of your five senses. It's not through your sight. It's not that you can hear what they said so you know what it is. It's literally him, 100%. And it's about present things, so today, or it's about history, past things. If you're picking up things about their future, that's called prophecy. So that's the difference between word of knowledge and prophecy. Prophecy is where they're going. Word of knowledge is information about where they are or where they've been. And the Lord has particular reasons to use word of knowledge with someone and to use prophecy with someone. So today we're not focusing on the prophecy. We're focusing on today info or yesterday info. How are we going? Okay, so there's purposes for words of knowledge. Let me explain it before I show you. 
the main seven ways you can pick up things through words of knowledge. Okay, so I told you the first uh, purpose. It was the first sentence of that scripture in 1 Corinthians. It's for the common good. So it's always for our good. You're getting inside information about someone. Adele's up here. She's praying for a new person and she suddenly can tell some of their history and their present life. That's really intimate. That's really like, whoa. That's scary for someone coming in to know they're gonna read my history and they're gonna know what I'm into. That's vulnerable. It's very vulnerable for someone with a gift to say what they can see, but it's more vulnerable for someone to be on the receiving end, so take note of how you deal with people, to go, you've literally read my mail. That's very vulnerable. And yet the Lord chose that it would be a gift for the church and for the region and for evangelism. Why? Because he's such a shame buster. He is such a shame buster. And some people are like, I would never tell a church that, that I initiated that sin, that I was a victim of that sin, that I've been through that trauma, that I've had eight divorces, three abortions, and I've been raped. Who walks into a church with that sign? And yet they're the ones we want. You're the ones we want, if that's you. They're the ones the Lord wants. Doesn't define us. Where we've been does not define us. Our story doesn't define us. We don't want a little perfect, clean, you know, shame culture, perfection culture, performance culture going on here. Bring us the ones with the shame trapped inside. And the Lord goes, cool. Quickest route through is I'm just going to show you what happened. So then it's a very sensitive journey to deal with it. But he's like, because I want them out now. Let's get them free. Let's get them shame gone. Let's get them whole. All right? So it's for common good, not exposing and shame. Another reason is, so I think on Sunday last week, we're doing this one, by the way, because we actually had some words of knowledge come forward last week after the the teaching on miracles. Um, Brad turned with the mic to uh, Marika, and Marika said, yep, I'm I'm sensing someone's got this in their body. And then we had another few people on the mic. So that's why we're doing this, because that was called words of knowledge, what happened. So what words of knowledge do you for? So for example, Marika goes, I can't remember what she said. I'm hearing elbows. There's an elbows issues in the room. Let's pretend she said that. What it does is it raises the faith of the person who's about to pray healing prayers because they're like, if God supplied the word, he's gonna supply the power. So it literally raises the faith of the whole room because we don't just go, well, now we know it's an elbow. We go, and he's going to do something about it because he doesn't label it and then do nothing. He might only do something about it the next night, three days later when someone gets their healing. That person might have to come up Sunday after Sunday, but he, if he, that's like a, a guarantee there's going to be a shift. So it raises the faith. It also raises the faith of the person who's going to be prayed for because they might not have come forward because of disillusionment in that topic, because, oh, little old me, it's just my elbow. Any sorts of reason, I'm embarrassed, I'm a visitor here. But if someone says your issue from a mic, it's like, God sees me, and God's going to do that in me. So it raises the faith of the individual with the issue as well as the individual who are praying. Does that make sense? It also raises expectation because there's going to be follow-through. And it reveals the Father's love. It's like... He would love me and know me and see me enough that he would point out my elbow to a team here that I don't even know. He sees my life. I'm going to go into it in a minute, but another way of words of knowledge isn't just healings, it's often sin. 
And it's like he would see me and care enough that I would come into a shame-free environment because he wants me to come out of that torment and that, that pattern. It's literally um, the father's love pours over a room when there's words of knowledge because he cares that much to give intimate details. All right? So long as it's used safely, which is our heart here. We going okay? So he does sometimes reveal sin. I'll explain different ways he does that. Really, really important that anybody who's picking up words of knowledge does not have an undealt with critical spirit, even a generational critical spirit, judgmentalism. If there is not judgment cleaned off our discernment, rather don't use the gift at all, please. That destroys a soul you're dealing with. If you've got that criticalness off your discernment, off the gift, if you've got that judgmentalism gone, then when you see someone and the Lord shows you what's going on, the result should be, I feel love for them and I want to move towards them, not away from them. And I want to cover them and shepherd them through this thing. I want to pull them to the side. I want to gently, humbly ask, I just sense this, I feel this. Does this sit right with you? How can I help you? You're loved. It can't be, whoa there's a fox in here and we always deal with foxes and get everyone on the wall and pray this, this sinful person out the community. It's got to be that it's not exposed publicly, that it's not, they're not defined by it. Hallelujah, that none of us are defined by sin, including me. We are not our sin, just like we are not our gifts. And for some of us, we're like, pick me, pick me, because I am my gift. We're like, no, you're not. You're just Amy and you get to be loved. But some of us are like, I am my sin and that's shame. That's the lie of shame. And so the Lord in his kindness can reveal sin to bring freedom, not to bring um, shame. And the last tool, which is why we're doing this off the back of all of that DNA and beats and how to spread the gospel in our region and to our friends and our missional relationships is because it is an amazing tool with evangelism. In fact, evangelism's pretty tricky without it. In fact, the Lord kind of designed that it, it would be part of evangelism. If you have a heart for people that don't know him, I bet you've got this gift and you don't know it. And it's time to put your hands on the keys and go, okay, let me learn how to drive. Okay? So, for example, in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 5, Paul's wonderful identification with Amy Talbot is, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. He's talking about his ministry, okay? How many of you do what you do scared? You lead worship scared? You lead pre-service prayer scared? You lead life up scared? Yay! I come to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not wise and persuasive. Hallelujah but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. It's really important that the Holy Spirit's power is part of our evangelism. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We don't want people to rest on our amazing love of them and our sharing the gospel with them. We want them to rest on the Lord's power. Let me give you an example where Jesus used it. Do you remember the Samaritan woman at the well? So Jesus is super tired. I love how we keep identifying with him. He's been ministering and he's weary. He's that's I understand. And he chooses to sit down. I understand that too. And he chooses to send others to get him food. I understand that too. And so all of his comrades, all of his disciples go off to find food. And he's approached by a woman that you're not supposed to deal with. He's such a shame buster. And he says to her, um, if you drink you know, of the water I have for you, you'll never be thirsty again. What's that? 
the gospel. So he's evangelizing. He's telling her, I am the living, the living water. Yeah? Does she become saved in that moment? No, because it's got a missing piece that the Lord loves to use with evangelism called words of knowledge. So then he adds that Jesus just told her, I am the living water, and she didn't get saved. That's pretty impressive. Jesus is going, add a word of knowledge. So he goes, um, no, that's true. You actually have five husbands. You've had five husbands. That's a word of knowledge. It's past. Okay? And the man you now have is not, is not your husband. You're sleeping with someone. That's present. So both of those are words of knowledge. What you have just said is quite true. Now he's just given her a word of knowledge about it. So that's what I said. It can be used for evangelism and to expose sin. What did she say? What was her first sentence? I haven't put it on. Oh, it is there. No, it's not there. What did she say in response to a word of knowledge? I see you are a prophet. So she's tipping into, oh, there's a supernatural element here. Then what did she do? She ran to her village and told everyone. What did she tell everyone? She didn't tell everyone someone's got the gift of evangelism. She told everyone, someone just told me everything that I've done. She told them the word traveled about the word of knowledge. Do you see how important it is to operate in words of knowledge? And it says in verse 9, many of the Samaritans from that town, where I didn't put this on the screen because we all have Bibles with us. Huh? John 4 verse 9, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. And it says in inverted commas, he told me everything I did. So the testimony was about the word of knowledge. The testimony wasn't he said he's the, salva sal the Jesus. Literally, it kept being because of the word of knowledge, because of the word of knowledge, he is the Christ. So that's what Paul's saying is we need the demonstration of power for people to go, he is the Christ. It needs that. So we can't just be DNAing and beatsing and having lovely times and loving people. We've got to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and in the power of the Spirit. That's what gets people to go, this is different. This is the truth. This is the Christ. Amen. And then in, later in verse 40, it says, So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, his words of knowledge, many became believers. They said, We no longer believe just because of what you said. We have heard. They said this to the woman. We don't believe now just because of what you said, but also because of what he's now said to us. That means they were believing just because of what she said. That's how much they were believing is because she said the word of knowledge. Okay, this is no small thing, all right? So some of you might receive them already without realizing you've received them. Some of you may have done so in the past and you've allowed it to become dry. Some of you have never opened up this, but you're like, let teach me how to drive. So I'm just gonna share, there might be more, but it's around about seven ways that we can hear. We all hear differently, okay? Randy Clark from Global Awakening came to Perth and did an amazing conference on deliverance and on healing. Um, so this is some of his content. He, he says it's from another person that he got it and he added it to. Um, you might have done your training through someone else, but we just really back this stuff. So one way is that we can feel it. And you might be someone who feels it. So in regard to healings, in particular when it's physical healings, a way you can pick up a word of, um, a, a word of knowledge about healing is you feel it in your own body. You came in, you didn't have a sore right hip, suddenly you've got a sore right hip and you're like, what is this? This is discouraging. You start sitting down in worship. You're more discouraged. You walk out. You've got to go home. You're so sick. 
Or now that we know about this car, maybe you're someone who didn't know that you can suddenly have ailments because you're picking up something in someone next to you and it's not yours. So stay the course. Don't sit down. Don't walk out. Come and talk to one of us. Go start praying for someone in the room. It's weird that I have a sore wrist. I didn't have one. If it's not your normal ailment, it's possibly that someone, you're someone who picks up physical ailments of somebody else. That's called a word of knowledge. It's quite exciting. It's called sympathetic pain. It's like in sympathy for someone else, the Lord's giving it to you. The Lord's not wanting to hurt you. It's not that he's like injuring you because someone else is injured. It's the kindness of Holy Spirit that you even get to identify with someone. Wowzers, this is really sucks. And you get to know, and it literally is down on the right side. And, and so you feel that. Does that make sense? Um, some people can feel even emotionally what might be in someone else. You can feel someone's trauma or you can feel someone's sadness. It's really important that we mature in the skill because you can easily go, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I'm suddenly anxious. I was at a beauty treatment and I was fine when I walked in and then suddenly I have anxiety while I'm there and I knew it wasn't me, it was the person. So God gives us Holy Spirit and we can tap sometimes into what someone else is feeling. That's so we can move for the common good. How many of you are feelers? Yes. All right. So we can feel emotionally. We can feel physically. And to just trust that and to start exercising that and to be coming up, to telling Brad, telling me, telling Nicole, uh, Jess. Um, some of you had prayer ministry with Alice Williams before. She helps with our Elijah House School. She, she will usually feel what's in the person. So she's less a seer, but she can tell. She'll go, and there's sorrow. She'll just pray into stuff that someone else sometimes doesn't have language for or it was pre-verbal trauma. Um, some of you might pick up in your body, you've sent something spiritual. Um, how many of you have been at the Elijah House teachings and you've listened to some teachings by Sandra Selma Kirsten or you've had some prayer ministry from it? She talks about she was in the Philippines in a very upmarket, smart, illustrious place. And she said her legs hurt. They just had all this pain creeping up her legs. And it's just perfect. Everything's perfect, a rich area. And she's like, I didn't have that before I came. So then you know you're a feeler. And she said, what's happened in this region? And they said, this is the highest rate of child sex trafficking in Philippines is in this where we're driving through. And she could feel the trauma coming up from the land in her legs. The trauma was crying out. But do you see how you, in your five senses you can't pick it up? So that's why we need the words of knowledge. That took her into a great amount of intercession um, following that. So we've got to just... Trust our, what we're picking up and trust our bodies. What's not common is usually, it's probably something in the area or in a person next to you or in a room full of people, okay? So that's feeling it. Mindful of the time. Okay, another way we can do it is we read it. This sounds weird because I said it's not the five senses and we read with our eyes or braille. But when we read things of the Holy, from the Holy Spirit, it actually is words that will cross in front of our eyes, and we can read maybe someone's address, someone's phone number, uh, the name of their son. Or we can see it maybe in the carpet. We can just be reading. Or it can be on the person's shirt, on the back of their shirt, things like that. Randy Clark, when he was learning all of this, he's so humble in his content and his books because he's talking about his learning journey. And he had two ministers with him and they went to a church they're not part of and people they're dealing with it, they don't know. And one of them said, that person is into, and he labeled quite a big full-on sin. And he went, how do you know that? And he said, I can see the word on his back. I've read it. 
So he's like, oh, well, you know, we'll just take that to the Lord. And they carried on. His other minister came to him, pointed out the same person and said, that person's into X, Y, Z, big thing. And she said a different word that means the same thing because she can read it on his back. So that's what I mean by reading. So then Randy had the confidence to go, the Lord in his kindness is after this person. And they took him to a room and they opened up that topic and he said yes and he confessed to all that. Then, here's the next one, you can see it. You can see it in an open vision. It's, it's like you've just suddenly had their memory. In front of your eyes or in your mind, you can see something that has happened in the past or you see something in their home now. Remember, it's not future. And you get these pictures that you can visually see. All right. So in the same ministry, where just because of ages in the room, I'm not opening up the topic, but um, and the level of trauma. But they they took this man with the writing that they read, and the the one minister said to him, "And is this how it started? Did this happen in your home? And was your mother here?" And he shared the story. Yes. How did you know that? Because he not only read it, the Lord gave him the, the the picture of the house and the room and the memory. And suddenly, what might have taken years of counseling and trauma and whatever, they're able to love on him and minister to him because the Lord gave the seeing and the reading. And that's a word of knowledge. Does that make sense? Anyone going like, that's vulnerable if someone can see my life. It's the kindness of the Lord and it's for the common good, not shame, not outcast, not judgment. All right, we're fighting for people here. Okay, so we can see it. Another way we can do it is number four, we can think it. So we might not have a picture in our, um, in our, in our mind's eye, but we just keep having an impression. I heard it this morning in the pre-service prayer. I keep hearing this word, and they said the word, I think it was Lynn Scadden. I hear this word yesterday, um, Sherelle was praying over baby Adana. I hear these two, um, I'm getting these two words. So everyone's reading it, but to think it is to have an impression. Um, so that can even be in a room where you're like, I'm hearing this word. Has anyone had this happen to them? And people can come up for healing from that, to come out of brokenness from that. It's the kindness of the Lord, but it's just this impression. You weren't thinking of that topic before you came in. While none of us are perfect in Christ, this is another example of why it's really important that we've achieved a good amount of our healing of our own lives before we enter into the things of the prophetic and we go after helping heal others. Because it can be alarming if we're having impressions of stuff that actually has to do with sin. But it's really important that we have that plumb line in our own life and that there's a righteousness we're walking in our own life and we've had help with that. So don't get afraid if suddenly there's various types of sin or you know, Randy Clark says he was preaching and then he's got this female body part in his brain and he's commanding it and he's freaking out but he leant in no I know who I am and the Lord opened that part up and showed a tumor inside it and there was a person who had that tumor sitting in front of him but we can go towards things if we know that we've done that work ourselves with the Lord so just do that work come into that wholeness and the Lord can use you even more you might have dirty thoughts it's, it's okay, it's possibly not you. But the gift of, the, you've got to, to learn how to drive this is to be okay with having attacks in the night even in that subject and to get up and go, something's on the street or something's in our church or something's, a, like we've got to get on the wall, not shrink back in shame because we're picking up full-on data. So it's full-on to get into this, but 
It's wonderful and it's fun and whole streets can get delivered. So don't freak out if you have certain thoughts or feelings or whatever because it might be words of knowledge. So rest. If it's not necessarily a root in you, lean towards it and ask for more information and then go do some shakababbering. Okay? All right. Number five is you just end up saying it. So you're praying for someone. And Lord, I just pray that you would completely bless them and you would bless their business and you'll help them forgive the guy who stole from him 20 years ago. And it just comes out your mouth. So that's a word of knowledge. It just is an utterance that you weren't expecting to say, but it comes as you say it. It's called inspired speech. It's Holy Spirit inspired speech. It's not, it, you weren't thinking it, you didn't see it, you didn't read it, but just that's something to learn. Then you start learning, Lord, you better have some reins on me. How much do I say? How much don't I say? But, but that's, that's a vulnerable one. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth until I start praying. I'm not pick that gift. Um, but, but lean into it, okay? So that is um, words of knowledge. Number six, there's a lot of people in this community, is you can be dreamers. So you dream it. You can literally dream an experience that someone else has gone through. You can dream about an illness someone has that you're about to meet the next day. You can dream about a spirit. You can be attacked by a spirit. I thought I'd cleansed my generational line. It's probably not attacking you. It's probably attacking someone in your life. Hope you're about to pray over tomorrow. So it can be um, a memory. It can be an experience. It can be a demonic thing. So that is a dreaming. How many of you are dreamers? I know we've got quite a few in this community. Yep. So um, lean into those dreams. If, you, if you're someone who has dreams, don't just always assume it's pizza and leave a journal next to your bed or um, have your phone ready to be audio. There was, it's kind of funny sometimes because I want to listen to a dream that I've had if I tried to audio it in the night because it sounds like this because I'm half asleep and I'm trying to use my words. But just do it anyway. <laughs> Have your phone there. Flick to audio. So you kind of don't want to send that one to the person in the next day. But um, it can be better than trying to write in the night. Some of you might go, I don't write my dreams because I'm so tired when I wake, even though I remember them. Audio it on your phone. Okay? So a lot of us are dreamers here. And the seventh one is you experience it. That sounds a bit weird. But you literally live something that is going on corporately or with an individual next to you or someone in your family. Uh, so Randy Clark's wife is like, I kept hearing ringing, I kept hearing ringing, I kept hearing ringing. And then she got to the gathering the next day and she just went, I just think, and she felt like there was a sensualness to the ringing. She was like, I'm just going to give a word of knowledge. Some people are using their phone and calling and it's adultery and your sensualness. Whoa, the repentance that happened after that. But she had to experience herself first. How many of you remember, maybe it was six years ago, and we had that Sunday evening time at the old property where we had particular anyone from Mandra, and we had two generations represented. Do you remember when we had the adults and we had the, the children of the adults, and we did this interchange? Now, let me just do a rewind to what happened to that. I had a beautiful coffee with someone in this community, and we were talking about... Um, churches and church history here and I wasn't I didn't grow up here and Mandra and she was talking about her children that had walked away from the Lord and I just said she was telling me the story and then she was telling and her friends kids did too and I just said to her that's a robbery and the the word sounded quite strong when I said it and um I went to my sister Rachel's house that evening and I was sharing with her because it's people that have been impacted and they're in our church and 
and I just said, it sounds like a robbery. And she just said, that sentence just was so loud when you said it. I went home and I went to sleep. And in the night, I woke up to glass breaking explosion sound. My dog went, so I yelled out as if I was strong and not afraid, whatever. And I got up and went down my little stairs and there was nothing. There was no one had broken in. There was nothing. I was like, that's so interesting. Okay. I went back to sleep. In the morning, I woke and my sister Rachel had texted me and she goes, are you okay? I dreamt that in the night I said to Luke, someone's followed Rachel, uh, Amy home. She's just been robbed. I said, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's all good. Thank you though. She's like, okay. Got up, got ready. I was doing a day of relief teaching as a teacher. Went out my door. My car had been parked at the front of my house. Windows smashed in. I'd left my computer bag and everything in the car, which I'd never do. That had been stolen. Just experience it. You experience prophetically the thing that the Lord is highlighting. So I couldn't go do that day of teaching, whatever. And we met as a leadership and we're like, well, if this is a word of knowledge, what do we do? And so we held a church meeting that, that Sunday night and we just had any parent who's been impacted by their kid walking away and any kid who's been impacted by the way their parents might have led them or the way the church was or their own rebellion come along. And we had such a great turnout. And the parents all stood on the stage and the children all got down here and the parents all repented to the children. It was so powerful. They repented for, yes? This is my mom, Lindley. That's right. Yeah. <gasps> Thank you for that piece, Mom. So I was living in a, a particular suburb at the time. So when I woke in the morning, I put on the little chat for the area and I said, I've just been broken into in my car. Has anyone else been impacted in case they had CCT footage or anything? And two people replied, and they had the names of, the two, of two of the children that had walked away from God that had been in that conversation. The two very first people, they weren't the people, but their first names were the names of the children who had left and walked away from the Lord. That's experiencing it. So that helped as well. So then the parents all repented to the children for various things. And then the children all got up on the stage, the, the young adults, and the young adults all looked at the, at the older, and they all repented for the rebellion, for judging the parents, and they forgave the parents, and the parents forgave the children, and then we interceded for the region. Some fruit that I think will still come from that in times to come, amen? We've got more of that fruit to come. But that's when you build something on a word of knowledge. So that's an example of that. So how do we deliver them is how I wanna finish off. It's really important that we do it with humility. If in some ways having this power makes us something, maybe just leave it alone. But we deliver it with humility. We come low, we come slow, and we come with a bit of a maybe, all right? So we share it as a possibility. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 19 says, we know in part and we prophesy in part, because in heaven we'll know the full picture. It says we prophesy in part. Anyone here that knows they have the gift of prophecy or words of knowledge and they're going, I know, because I have knowledge, it's very dangerous ground. And the Bible says we know about our words of knowledge in part. So we share it in part. We share it as a maybe. I had someone text me this week. They're in this room. And I'd shared a dream with them. And they're like, this is my interpretation. And now I'm feeling this and I'm thinking this. And it was with, and I sort of have crafted this a few times. And I'm not sure if it's true. And I'm like, there's a healed prophet. There's the humility. It's not, I saw this in your life, so it's definitely 
there. We've got to all the way till we get to heaven. We just go low, we offer it as a maybe, and we allow the person to test it. Is that all right? Because that's their permission, and we are not God, and we are not the Holy Spirit. So just we know in part, we know in part. And lastly, we just keep it in timing. So it's best to sort of give it at the time, or maybe it's after. We kind of give a little bit of space on Sunday. After worship can sometimes be a time. And then after the sermon, more and more will be a time. Those are times that you can come forward and go, I felt this. Or maybe you could come to one of us and go, in the worship, I'm feeling this. And just trust us to go whether we'll do anything about it then or whether we'll just keep it. But in your life hubs, maybe at the prayer gatherings, trust who's leading. I'm feeling this. I'm sensing that. Give it to the prayer shepherds. Give it to the life hub leaders. Being in a small group is the way to practice the the gifts of the Spirit. If we don't know how to drive and we come here on a Sunday and we go, I'm going to get in the car for the first time. Boom. We drive into the wall and we go, the church didn't release me in my gifting. We, we try not to have accidents here. It's very important that if you come already on your L's or P's because you're practicing in your DNA groups, in your Life Hub groups, at the prayer gatherings, that's where practice must happen. We must have a safe place to get it wrong and release ourselves from the expectation of getting it right and be humble enough for people to give us feedback and go, oh, it didn't, didn't feel right. Okay, I'm going to try again next time. So get into small groups and practice with your friends so that on a Sunday you're a bit more mature and we can run in these things, yeah? So that's being intentional to practice your gift. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to park that. Does that give a little bit of an understanding as to what a word of knowledge is? Cool. Um, we're going to, in the foyer, we always have a morning tea and a coffee. If you're new, if you've been here for ages, we don't necessarily have a whole pack of people who um, are a welcoming team because we try and have that's the whole church's responsibility to bravely meet someone new. So just know you're welcome to enter into that time. But what we might do is just put on some worship music. And if you'd give us that bit more time, we're just going to see what the Lord would want to do about some of this even now, even in an activation way. What I wanted to do was start by praying in case there's just like two people in this room that might go, you know, if the music starts now, that might go, um, actually, I just want to repent for judging the gifts because of wounding I've received from other prophetic churches. I want to repent for judging Holy Spirit. Maybe some of us might go, I've put my gifts away because of disillusionment in my life. I've allowed it to drive up, dry up because of churches I was in that don't believe in it. Um, or because I never saw the miracles, even though I felt there was healing ministry on my life. And we've allowed that to, to, to dry, which is what happens when we don't keep learning how to drive. We want to stay in the car, stay in the car. So I'm just going to lead us. It might just be there's a handful of us that just want to, actually, Lord, I want to open this back up in my life. I want to trust you again that you speak. I want to flow again in the things of, the prof- of prophecy. You can be any age. If you're in the room and you're six, and if you're 60, you can be someone who goes, I would love the Lord to use little old me. Some of us might just need to repent for judging ourselves as little old me and not enough. Or because of the mess in your life, the mess in your parenting, the mess in your marriage. We are not our marriages. We are not our singleness. We are Amy. We are Kylie. We are Lynn. You are more than enough. You're a son and a daughter of the living God. And He's picking little old you. And if you're it and you're His plan A and He doesn't have a plan B, let's just pray through that. Is that okay? Cool. And if you had any questions during the sermon, we'll we'll grab them at the end for this next week.
So Lord, we just come to you with this topic of the spiritual gifts, Lord, and we, we thank you that you would choose little old us. Lord, I thank you that it's for the common good and that it's free and that each one of us gets them. Each one of us gets a portion of it. And Lord, I just bless and thank you for the gifts of wisdom that are in this room. Yeah, if you even wanna stand or just get yourself in a posture of receiving, we're gonna activate some of this. So just stand before him if you'd like to. Yeah. 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 And Lord, we just thank you for the gifts you've given to us. And Lord, I just ask for a refiring and a hunger, Father, to be used by you for the common good of our region, for the common good of our workplace, for the common good of our children, for the common good of our homes, for the common good of our church, for the common good of our home groups, for the common good of of whatever you've called us to govern, Lord, in our lives. We want to step into the supernatural because that is when things shift. Father, we just choose to say yes to the things of the supernatural and we renounce and repent all fear of Holy Spirit, of all fear of power, of all fear of things being out of control of fear of uh, things being completely in your hand, of fear of us not being enough, of fear of being um, publicly um, acknowledged that that something didn't work, of fear of man, Father, we just renounce that as well. And we repent for the fear of man, Father, that has meant that we've self-protected and we've withdrawn. We just repent that that selfish protection of 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 our character, of who we are, Lord. We repent in any way that we've judged Holy Spirit or we've judged someone that gave a prophetic word and wounded us. Lord, we we forgive any um, unhealed prophetic people. We forgive them. Lord, would you open up the supernatural over our lives individually? Would you open up that place back in our homes, back in in our houses, in our streets? Would you open up the supernatural, the revelatory place? Father, we choose to say yes. If this is one that you have for us, you pick them, you pick people. So we choose to say yes to that. And we put our hand out to freely give, receive the gift that you have given us and to learn and mature in it because this region's worth it, because our families are worth it, because this church is worth it. We thank you that you've supplied everything. We thank you for your dunamis power. We step into that, Jesus. We step into who you are, that you've done it at the cross and that you'll supply all we need moving forward. I just pray, Jesus, that you would seal this teaching as we finish now so that we're under that two-hour marker, Lord, with health advice. As we seal this teaching, Lord, and we just move out of this space, Lord, I'm asking that you would keep this topic in the front of our minds, Lord, that we would continue to chase after the things of you and to be brave and step out and live on the edge in the way that you've designed us to be. Thank you for the warrior in all of us. Thank you that you're the almighty warrior. We just bless you today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.